This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, April the 22nd. And the most read story on Kent Online today is about a dad who's spoken of his disgust after noticing his son was among a group of children caught on camera vandalising an historic church in Medway. Terry Watson says he was horrified when he spotted his 14-year-old in a video showing a group causing thousands of pounds worth of damage to the building in Cliff. Well, Jamie joins me now to chat through this one. Jamie, firstly, remind us what the video shows. Well, the footage, which you can see on Kent Online, was filmed on Easter Sunday and shows a group of six youngsters throwing stones at the stained glass windows of St Helen's Church. The building dates back to the 12th century and a number of panes of glass were broken. 39-year-old Terry recognised his son and says he and his ex-wife were horrified. He says what his boy did was inexcusable and will have to face the consequences. He adds that he's not a bad kid and has never been in trouble. And Terry's also hit back at some criticism on social media, hasn't he? Yes, he went on to tell a reporter, Nicola Jordan, that they're not a toxic family. He says people always blame the parents, but they're now scum. We're told the teenager has been grounded and is very ashamed. And what have we heard from the church warden in recent days? Well, Rob Thompson says the mother of two of the boys involved has visited his home to express their shame. She told him the lads had been punished by having their phones and computers taken away. He said about seven windows were damaged and tiles ripped from the roof. It's going to cost a lot to get repairs done. They need to get experts in to assess the damage, so can't put an exact price on it just yet. Thanks ever so much, Jamie. Well, anyone who did see what happened or has information that may help police is still being encouraged to call 01634 792209 that's 01634 792209 you can quote a reference number which we've got details for at Kent Online you can also contact Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 that's 0800 555 Kent Online News Another inspection's being carried out on a P&O ferry ship that was detained at Dover. The Spirit of Britain failed safety checks last week. A reminder, these checks have been done after the company suddenly sacked almost 800 workers and replaced them with lower paid agency staff last month. A team from the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency are on board today to see if it's fit to sail again. A lawyer representing the families of Stephen Port's victims say policing reforms on how unexplained deaths are reported don't go far enough. 21-year-old Daniel Whitworth from Gravesend was one of four men murdered by the serial killer. An inquest jury found a series of failings by police probably contributed to three of the deaths. Three people have been arrested after more than £170,000 in cash was found in a car at the Channel Tunnel in Folkestone. The suspects were planning to leave the country and told Border Force they had no money on them. The cash is suspected to have been laundered. Two women and a man have been questioned and released under investigation. 
Time now to get an update from our political editor after it was confirmed yet another investigation will be held into Partygate. MPs have decided a committee will look into whether the Prime Minister lied about lockdown gatherings in Downing Street. Boris Johnson has already received a fine for breaking the rules but insists he has nothing to hide as police continue to investigate. When no Kent MPs took part in a lengthy debate in the Commons yesterday, here's Paul Francis on what happened. Now we had expected there to be uh, an attempt by the government to block or at least delay this investigation and in fact uh, had submitted a motion in which that would have had the effect of delaying any uh, inquiry but in a fairly dramatic u-turn about 10 minutes before the debate started yesterday uh, the conservative government said it would not oppose any uh, vote in which the, would lead to an inquiry into these uh, allegations that uh, the Prime Minister had misled Parliament. Uh, I think one of the reasons why the Conservative government decided it shouldn't block this attempt by Labour to set up another inquiry is because the forthcoming local elections, the local council elections, which uh, are possibly going to deliver them a fairly Um, poor return uh, and many local council candidates uh, are fearing the worst next month. Around 12 Conservative backbenchers have called for the PM to resign and a Kent MP is one of the favourites to replace Boris Johnson if he does, although that is very unlikely to happen. Tom Tugendhat represents Tunbridge and Morling and has previously said he would run as Conservative leader. He has odds of 8-1, to one, which make him one of the frontrunners, along with former Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt. On Covid itself today, latest figures show a drop in the number of people in hospital with it in Kent. There was a big rise last week when four 456 patients were being treated. That's now gone down to 322. 38 COVID deaths were recorded in the county in the week to the 8th of April. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A North Fleet man who claims his flat is infested with mice says it's like living in the Victorian times. Paul Banbury moved into Wallace Park more than 20 years ago, but says the flat has since become overrun with damp, mould and rodents. Gravesham Council say they'll be visiting as soon as possible to investigate. You can see pictures of some of those mice by clicking on the story at Kent Online. Police have seized more than 180 cannabis plants during a raid in Dover. Officers also found cultivation equipment and other items at a property on Folkestone Road. The drugs produced would have had an estimated street value of around £200,000. A multi-million pound bike factory in Ashford is not expected to open for another five years. Land near the designer outlet in Asda has been earmarked for the Brompton plans, which would create thousands of jobs. We're told work to build the site will take place in three stages and the first won't be finished until 2027. Meantime, an abandoned drinks factory in Folkestone is finally going to be replaced with another 30 industrial units. The former Silver Spring site on the Park Farm estate has been empty for eight years. There were previously plans to turn it into a hotel complex. Now, for the first time since 
since the start of the pandemic, St George's Day celebrations have returned to the streets of North Kent today. Schools in Gravesend and Dartford have been taking part in parades through the town centres. The idea is all about celebrating England's diversity and teaching young people about our patron saint. Well, I've been chatting to Govinda Sander from Cohesion Plus, who've helped organise it. So we're really pleased with the kind of programme we've got together. We're pleased with the fact that we're able to celebrate St George's Day like we've done previously and I think it's uh, really important that we do. Growing up myself when people spoke about St George's Day the flag of St George and, and indeed the union flag it was kind of seen as the kind of perverse you know they're owned by the far right and the whole reason that we've been doing St George's Day and we've been doing it for over a decade now was about kind of reclaiming that flag and using St George's Day as a way of bringing communities together rather than it being seen as a an opportunity for people to, to divide us. You mentioned there the children that are going to be taking part. Um, what's the parade going to be like and what sort of things have they been doing to prepare for it? So, you know, the parade it will be colourful. We've got, you know, like we've got a life-size dragon. If you know what a life-size dragon looks like. You know, big dragon. We have St George himself. You know, we've got brass bands. We've got doll drummers. We've got you know, kind of folk music. And the children, they've been working for the last six, seven weeks now. Uh, creating, you know, their own kind of pieces, which they'll be creating, you know, carrying in the parade. So that, that's everything from kind of shields to kind of small dragons, uh, you know, so, you know, kind of emblems, which kind of celebrate the kind of cohesion that exists in Croatia and Dartford. And, and that for me is the key thing. But, you know, when we do this in George's Day celebration, it's for all the communities to come together, regardless of background or faith. And, you know, we, we I feel that the work we do in Gratian with Darfur, that a lot of other parts of the country can learn from in terms of how we use events like this to connect and bring people together. And particularly for the children, I think, you know, it creates those kind of special uh, memories and hopefully, you know, that will you know place them in good stead, you know, as they go on in their lives. And they learn a lot about diversity as well, don't they, whilst they're preparing for this? They, they certainly do. And I think when people f- f- often forget about St George, that, you know, he was known as a defender of the faiths. Um, so it's about obviously understanding about uh, the background of uh, St. George, but also the ethos of the event about, you know, there's more that unites and divides and how we should be connecting together. So whereas when I was growing up, you know, maybe St. George's Day was seen as a little bit in a negative light. And what I'm hoping is the children will take away from this positive experiences about what it means to be English, what it means to be British in the context of uh, 2022. I know we bumped into each other at the Lights Festival in Rochester, which was a fantastic event. How good is it to have these events back in person again after you mentioned a two-year break because of the pandemic? I think it's really important. I think in terms of in terms of morale for you know for communities to go out and to hopefully you know see um, they're going back to normal. I also think it's important for the local town centres for the local economies. You know when events like this take place you're bringing people into the town centre. We, we're working you know, with different schools, so the parents will come in and see the children in the parade, so you, you're deriving that extra footfall. And, and also from a kind of artistic point of view, I think it's important to support the local kind of artistic economy as well. So I think, you know, on all levels, I think it's really important. More events will be happening in Dartford Town Centre tomorrow on St George's Day itself. Kent Online reports. While a lot of us are happy to use phone apps to pay for our parking these days, it seems not everyone is happy about a decision in Canterbury to turn some car parks 
cashless. The council has converted several sites in the city, Herne Bay and Whitstable, so you can only use Ringo or pay over the phone. Now, some say it's not fair for those who haven't got a smartphone. We'd love to know what you think and you can vote in our poll on the story at Kent Online. We've also been asking on Facebook today if all car parks should have a cash option to pay. Let's have a look at some of your comments. Well, Claire Elizabeth says yes, or at least the option to pay by card at the machine. It's not fair to force people to use Ringo for all sorts of reasons, including the fact it adds an extra charge. James Huggett has added no, but maybe contactless alongside apps. Susan Holloway also agrees with Claire and says, yes, I always pay cash. People shouldn't have to disclose their bank details every time they park their car. Mandy Dunn also agrees. She says, yes, both. Not everyone has a phone for an app. Not everyone can read and write. She's also heard so many have had issues with the apps and paying. They've then received fines in the post. She says, give people the option. We'd love to know what you think. You can still vote in that poll, as I mentioned earlier, or head to Facebook to add a comment. An award winning restaurant in Ramsgate is set to close down amid Covid pressures and staff shortages. Bosses of the Corner House say their Minster branch which first opened nine years ago will not be serving customers after next month. Staff there will get a chance to work at their Canterbury site though. A baby from Faversham who was born with a defect which has left her with an abnormally shaped skull is due to undergo surgery. Three month old Vienna Storm Shepherd has a condition which affects one in every 2,000 babies in the UK and causes the bones in the head to fuse prematurely. Well, she's having an operation at Great Ormond Street Hospital in London this weekend. A Netflix series based on a novel by a Chatham author, which was partly filmed in Kent, is released today. Drama Heartstopper tells the story of two teenage boys who fall in love. Parts of it were shot on Herne Bay Pier, the beach and town centre. Majestic's been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM about how he started work on his latest single on a plane to Aberdeen. Time to Groove samples the classic Earth, Wind and Fire song Let's Groove from the 80s. He was on breakfast with Rob and Claire earlier. I've had a couple of sort of clubby tunes since Rasputin that yeah, I did yeah, on purpose, sure. like Tricky and try and do the disco vibe again, but come with a little bit of a different style to it, you know? Like, obviously Rasputin was... And still is just a crazy record that <laughs> is still streaming like half a million a day. Like it's just mad. Yeah, hard, hard one to follow for sure. I've, I follow you on TikTok, and um, seeing where you were when you put this track together just just blew my mind. This started on a plane journey to um, to Aberdeen, I think it was. Yeah. No. Yeah. So big shout out to EasyJet. Other other airlines are available. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was on the plane to Aberdeen. I was doing a couple of shows in Scotland. And I literally just just asked TikTok, like, you know, it was a year since Rasputin. We're celebrating the whole success of Rasputin. I was like, let's let's remix another one for fun. And everyone asked for the Earth, Wind and Fire, which is which obviously causes a classic. Made it, played it out in the rave that night, and it went off. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> This one, this one works too. We're so, so excited about this song on the show this morning. Uh, and it, the school run is on. Yeah. Um, so mums and dads, kids of Kent are in their car. How much are they going to love it? Well, this is the thing, especially with the same thing with Rasputin. was like, you know, when the mums and dads and the, the nans even were like, oh, remember this from my day, it's from making a day, you know? <laughs> and then the kids are like, no, 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 I've seen this on TikTok. This is what I really love about these records is the way it brings everyone together. Like, you know, we're at that point now, the summer's on the way, we've had the big yeah, bank man. holiday. It feels like, hang about, 
this could be the greatest summer that we've had in a long time after everything, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm looking in my diary now, I've got 10 Ibiza shows. I've not been in Ibiza for the last two years. So it's just, yeah, as you said, it's so, so exciting. So hopefully everyone else is feeling the vibes as well. And, you know, the twist that we've put on the classic Earth, Wind & Fire record, you know, I remember listening to that in my mum and dad's car going on summer holidays, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm yeah. just hoping that people will enjoy it as much as we had fun making it. He's also playing at the Connected Festival at Lid Airport over the May bank holiday weekend. If you look up into the sky over Kent this weekend, chances are you might see a shooting star. The annual Lyrid meteor shower is currently at its peak. The best time to see it is in the early hours of tomorrow morning. And the Pride in Medway Awards take place tonight to celebrate people who've done some amazing things in the towns. The ceremony has taken a two-year break due to COVID, but is back just in time for its 20th anniversary. The gala dinner takes place at Mid-Kent College in Gillingham. Kent Online Sports. Football and with just two games of the season left, Gillingham will be hoping to climb further from the League One relegation zone tomorrow. They're travelling to take on Portsmouth following a pretty frustrating Easter weekend. The Jills picked up just two points from a possible six, so sit only a place above the drop zone. But of course, at the start of the year, they were 10 points from safety until new manager Neil Harris took over. We've been chatting to him ahead of tomorrow's game. I can't change the person I am. I'm I'm passionate. Um, I like to win. And sometimes I don't hide my emotions very well. And I've learned over my years as manager sometimes to try and control what I say, especially after a game, um, because I was hot-headed as a player. Various red cards. Um, you know, try not to be as a manager, try and be calm and methodical, um, especially on the sidelines. So I try and give... I always think teams, majority of the time, teams represent their manager. So I'd like to see my players play with real passion and desire on the pitch. And that's why I say they haven't, I, I wasn't always the best player on the pitch. But I always played with my heart and my head, majority of the time. Um, I want my players to do the same, but I want to see them give their all on the pitch. Ultimately, I want to win every game of football. Um, now I have to think about everything else is irrelevant other than winning a game of football or getting the best players on the pitch for as long as possible. Sometimes I have to be cold-hearted with my decision-making now because I have to do what's best for Gillingham Football Club to stay in this division. So I have to make strong decisions and, um, you know, as captain of the ship, the words you used, um, it's my job, I get paid to make tough decisions and sometimes take gambles with players. Are they fit enough? Sometimes I have to make the decision, I can't really always rely, I can ask physios and sports scientists for best guess they give me best guess and then I have to make a final decision um, so is it different today to, to uh, October yeah it is because in October I might say well we've got 35 games left let's not rush that decision now we have to win a game of football somewhere in my opinion so I have to make strong decisions to whether players are fit or not I, I took the challenge on when I come knowing that we was really 11 points adrift with a horrific goal difference so I knew what the challenge was and I'd made the decision that I was coming for the project and going to be here no matter whatever league we're in next year. So I can only embrace the challenge and enjoy it and say, well, I'm here next year no matter what. So why not just enjoy it? Um, so yes, frustrated at times, of course, because I want us to be better. I want us to see games out like at Cheltenham. I want to have more players available. I don't want the injury. I don't want an injury record like we've got associated to my football club. 
Um, but I can't control them at the moment. So if I can't control it, why get angry about it? Why not embrace it and just enjoy it? So like, I have to tell myself that Saturday at 3.14 and 3.16 and yeah. 3.33. <laughs> Portsmouth are up in ninth place. It will be a tricky visit to Fratton Park, but you'll be able to follow the match action as it happens at kentonline.co.uk. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajaganu takes on world number one Iga Svitek in the quarterfinals of the Stuttgart Open tennis later. She booked her place in the last eight with a convincing win against Germany's Tamara Korpach. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read the latest review from our secret drinker who's been heading to the Kent coast. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.